Welcome to another episode of Brandonites, a podcast in which we hear from people around Brandon, Manitoba, who are passionate about what they're up to. This podcast is brought to you by the Western Manitoba Regional Library. Today's guest is Reverend Craig Miller, minister at Knox United Church. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to the Brandonites podcast. Welcome, Reverend Craig Miller. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah, my name's Craig. Uh, that's that's what I generally go by in the community. And um, I'm a uh, been a Brandonite for uh, well since 2007, since moving to the area from the states. Um, if we if we kind of define being a Brandonite loosely, we live just outside of Chemney, um, and uh, but uh, have been living and working in this area for what is that? Fifteen years now, just wow. about. That's fantastic. Uh, where did you move from from the states? We lived in Mesa, Arizona. Ooh. Yeah, my partner uh, took a job at Brandon University. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she was doing a, a PhD program at Arizona State University, originally from Winnipeg, born in Winnipeg. And uh, she still has family, uh, siblings in Winnipeg and parents south of Winnipeg. And so the move to Canada, our children were young, and so it was an opportunity for them to be close to her family. And uh, yeah, so initially driving around Brandon with those Arizona plates, you know, folks asked us, you know, if we got lost mm-hmm. and uh, what we were doing here. Of course, a lot of folks from here vacation in that area. Uh, lots of Canadians that come down uh, to the Valley of the Sun in the winter. But, uh, yeah, it was a chance for us to be close to family. And, and uh, Patty had an interest in kind of giving back to the Canadian academic community. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we moved from one extreme in the desert uh, to, uh, you know, the opposite, really, here on the prairies. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful, though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think that um, a lot of folks take the beauty of the prairies for granted. You know, uh, people said to us, well, why, why on earth would you move to Brandon, uh, you know, from Arizona? And uh, I said, I think you, I think you underestimate the quality of life here and, and the beauty mm-hmm. here on the prairies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, it can be a bit tiring to live with three million other folks. You have issues to deal with, like air quality. Uh, our children started to develop uh, environmentally induced asthma. Um, you know, you have police helicopters overhead at times at night with spotlights in your backyard, you know, things that we just don't think about mm-hmm. here uh, in Manitoba. And of course, just the beauty of the natural landscape here um, and uh, the lakes. Uh, and uh, we're fortunate to to uh, be able to live on an acreage and to garden in the summer. We have a huge garden. Mm. So just a, a great quality of life. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's definitely beautiful here. And there's lots of places to go only a 
skip and a hop away, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Whether you go up to Riding Mountain National Park or, or... Winnipeg, <laughs> right? A couple of hours down away. to the Turtle Mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of places to explore and roam. And uh, yeah, we had friends that visited us a few years ago, and they drove up. Mm-hmm. They came over the border into Boisvain, mm-hmm. and uh, they got up to Brandon, and they said, "Where, where are all the people?" Mm-hmm. You know, driving through the farmland, and and uh, you know, it's just it's quite quite a stark contrast yeah there's a lot of color Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what brought you to being a priest a minister a reverend Craig yeah um, I uh, had been very involved in uh, church life as a Mm -hmm. kid and as a teenager Uh, grew up in in uh, predominantly in California, certainly during adolescence, and uh, we had a very active youth group that I was involved in: ski retreats, raft trips, Bible study, um, all kinds of activities. and And I really found a place there. Uh, went through some very difficult times uh, with my family. My parents went through several bankruptcies. Uh, we lost our home when I was a teenager, uh, and it was that group that kind of sustained and affirmed and supported me. And during that time, I started to work with youth. So I worked with a summer day camp program, and then eventually when I went on to university, uh, I was a director for youth programs uh, in my congregation. And I don't know that I really, I think I was... um, thinking that I would be a middle school teacher. Um, and I hadn't really thought about uh, becoming a minister, but I had folks within my congregation that kept asking me the question, you know, um, and encouraging me to think about going on. And, and uh, in that tradition, the Presbyterian Church, uh, you were required to do an undergraduate degree and then a, a ma- what's called a Master of Divinity degree, which is a three-year degree. And, um, and initially, uh, at that time in my life, uh, I, was, I was going through my university education because I thought, well, it's just something I need to check off my list. And the idea of doing a three-year master's program, I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm up for that. But, um, yeah, just through that affirmation and encouragement. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, you know, um, if I could have a job where I have the freedom to design a program to still be able to work with youth, I was working with middle school and high school age youth, and I could still have the freedom to, to explore spirituality and faith, which was integral to my life and development, mm-hmm. I thought, well, that could be a a pretty good gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that led me to, to go on to seminary. Um, and, uh, and that's actually where I met Patty. She had come down to study uh, religion in Latin America. Oh. And um, she'd just gotten done with um, uh, volunteering in Nicaragua during the war there. She was the Canadian coordinator for Witness for Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when Alex asked me to to be a part of this podcast, I thought to myself, 
Patty's a lot more interesting than I am. Um, but uh, uh, she came down to study Latin American religion there, and uh, I was training to be a minister. And uh, yeah, so that's that was part of my path, part of my journey. Speaking of journeys, why don't you tell us about some of the community events that you're involved with uh, through Knox uh, and um, what you've done and what you're in the progress of doing? Yeah, so I've been, um, I'm in my 10th year of service at Knox. It's a faith community that um, prides itself as being an affirming ministry. Uh, Affirm United is a program of the United Church of Canada. And um, it's the body that works to support um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, two-spirit, uh, questioning, intersex, asexual folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and Knox became uh, an affirming ministry officially uh, in 2010 um, when the Reverend David Cathcart was there. David was, to my knowledge, the first openly gay minister at Knox. Um, and so Knox has been on that journey for quite some time, certainly since the 80s, uh, when the United Church um, affirmed uh, space for uh, members of the LGBTQ community to be in ministry and in, in leadership. So, um, yeah, we uh, participate by hosting um, lunch and learns in the past with the Sexuality Education Resource Center here in Brandon. We're very active in uh, Brandon Pride events. We support the Trans Day of Remembrance in uh, November. Uh, We host programs for um, uh, youth. And um, yeah, that's just part of our DNA now at Knox. Uh, We seek to be a safe space for folks in the community. Um, We often have people from other faith traditions that are exploring their uh, sexuality mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to to align that with their faith. And they're often coming from faith traditions that are not supportive mm-hmm. of that identity. And so we try to be a resource to those folks as well. So that's one piece uh, that um, is quite fulfilling and, and, um, and uh, we're quite active in. Um, we uh, were the keepers for the Brandon Indian Residential School Mobile Learning Center. Uh, not everyone knows that the residential school that existed in uh, Brandon next to the uh, research center there on Grand Valley Road, that was, was initially a Methodist uh, institution formed by uh, the Methodist Church. And then when the Methodist Church became part of the United Church of Canada in 1925, it became a United Church institution. So back in, I guess it would have been about 2013, um, and we were moving through uh, the work of the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission as a country. We looked around Brandon and we said, you know, there's nothing that interprets uh, the history that we have here in Brandon with having a residential school. And uh, we looked at the possibility of having a space at the Brandon General Museum, uh, at the university, and of course there were issues about space and staffing and how we would do that. So we thought, well, why don't we start 
small and we'll we'll develop um, photos uh, from the school history to seek to tell something about the history of the school. And we worked with Catherine Nichols, um, who was a graduate student um, working at the University of Manitoba, but she also had a faculty member at Brandon University that was working with her on the project at the cemetery. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a forensic anthropologist. And so um, Catherine had done some work. Uh, she was part of the committee. Uh, Dr. Irvin at the university, uh, members of Sioux Valley, including uh, Margaret Rosselli, who was then uh, director of health at Sioux Valley. It's a small cadre of us that worked together to put together this learning center. Mm -hmm. It's composed of about 27 photos and then a booklet that interprets part of the history at school of the school. And um, I'm trying to remember, I think we opened that in 2016. Mm -hmm. And it's a resource that's been available for schools. It's been hosted at the university, at Neyland High School, Vincent Massey. Uh, it's been in some of our rural communities. It's been in, in, in Winnipeg. Um, and it's, uh, for us, it's part of living out our apology. The United Church apologized uh, to um, indigenous First Nations and Inuit folks um, in 1986 for um, ignoring their spirituality and seeking to make them in our image mm -hmm. rather than seeing the image of the sacred or the divine in them. Mm -hmm. And then in the 90s, we apologized for our, our role in uh, the residential school uh, project. Mm -hmm. And so this is part of walking that path of apology. Mm -hmm. um, and it's part of the truth and reconciliation, part of the calls to action was for the churches that participated in residential schools uh, to, um, to educate their communities about the residential school project. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we keep that center and um, things have been kind of slow, of course, during COVID, but uh, it was utilized for Brandon's first Truth and Reconciliation Week um, last year in September of 2021. And then we're involved in a host of um, education activities uh, around the work of reconciliation. Um, we support the, Bear, the Brandon Bear Clan, and I'm a member of that. And uh, uh, really, it's quite satisfying work. In fact, I was wearing um, my Brandon Bear Clan uh, patrol hoodie mm -hmm. uh, at our rummage sale on or our garage sale on uh, Saturday, and a woman approached me, and she said, the Brandon Bear Clan saved my life. Oh. She said, I had overdosed in my car. I was going through a particularly challenging time, and the patrol found me uh, and uh, called an ambulance, and she received um, the life-saving support that she needed. And she got quite emotional. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I just said, I'm so glad you're still here with us, you know? So that's been, um, I try and get out and patrol uh, once a week, you know, okay. as I'm able. And, um, and uh, we have some other United Church folk that participate in that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we seek to be, again, very involved in, in living out um, our commitment to reconciliation or conciliation, as mm -hmm. um, some of our indigenous kin call it. 
That's great. Uh, any other cool programs that you would like to tell us about through the Knox? Maybe that youth can get involved with? Yeah. Um, we have uh, regular programming for youth each month. Um, some of that happens on Sunday mornings when we gather together as a community. We have a, a part-time youth director, um, Antoinette Antoinette uh, Gravel-Willette, mm -hmm. and she uh, leads a group uh, for grades 6 to 12, and they explore uh, topics around spirituality, and um, and they just get together to have some fun and to support one another. Um, we have children and youth that come both from Brandon and outside of Brandon as well. Uh, again, because of our work as an affirming ministry, we have people that have sought us out mm -hmm. because of that mm -hmm. um, and so that's an important uh, space uh, for our youth to be able to explore both their faith and their identity mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we do well, pretty much every time we gather is we share our personal pronouns mm -hmm. um, and we make sure that we're creating a safe and inclusive space um, uh, for children and youth then we also host um, Generally, uh, like one night a month, we host a youth event around different types of activities. Um, we've baked, uh, uh, oh, I forget what it's called, the gender inclusive, uh, gen gender, uh, gingerbread person, you know, <laughs> that talks about the different, different pieces of identity and um, sexuality. Uh, we've... Um, uh, in the winter, we often collect like winter coats and scarves and gloves, and they'll take those out in the community and distribute those. Um, some of them have walked with the Bear Clan Youth Patrol um, when that was happening uh, prior to COVID, and I, and I heard mm -hmm. last week that they're thinking about starting that up again. Mm -hmm. I think that's for youth 12 to 17. Mm -hmm. um, we have youth that we walk in the um, coldest night of the year for Samaritan House. Um, so it's a very active, mm -hmm. very active group. Uh, we have retreats that happen, generally one in the fall and, and one in, the, um, in February uh, with United Church Youth across Manitoba and from Northwestern Ontario. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, time to get together, explore some um, interesting topics um, and, uh, and just have some fun. Oh, that's wonderful. If you were to make a book recommendation, what would it be? And tell us all about it. A book recommendation. Um, it's so hard to choose, you know? <laughs> uh, when I saw that in the list of questions, I, I came up with, you know, multiple things that I'm, I'm reading right now. Um, I, think, I think I would say, even though it's by a, an American author, uh, A Paradise Built in Hell um, by Rebecca Solnit, a San Franciscan who um, I think it's really pertinent for our particular time uh, that we're in right now, coming coming through this pandemic. I won't say coming out because it doesn't seem like we're we're ever going to be out of it. Um, but she talks about the ways in which, in the midst of disaster, communities come together in altruistic, generous, supportive, sacrificial ways to um, engage in the common good. Um, it was through that book that I learned about the disaster in Halifax in 1917. You know, as an American, that wasn't a history that I was necessarily familiar with. 
but she looks at that disaster. She looks at the the uh, quake, uh, San Francisco quake in 1906, and the one in 1989 that I lived through while living in the Bay Area. And she just explores all of the ways that even in the midst of suffering, there can be profound courage and and joy that's developed as folks work together in um, pretty extraordinary ways. So uh, yeah, that's one that um, that I would recommend as we think about, you know, particularly we're, we're right now in the midst of this pandemic. We're in a climate crisis. You know, one of the things that I, I didn't talk about was the work of our green team at Knox, which is Ooh. involved in climate action. Okay. Uh, we just hosted a program last week um, on climate resilience in Manitoba. So, you know, we have all of these pieces going on. And, uh, and you know, how do we want to engage those? And how can we engage in a way in which we're not, you know, I find a lot of hopelessness out there these days, a lot of despondency. Mm-hmm. One of our 10-year-olds uh, at Knox told his grandmother kind of his plan. He wants to be a robotic. Uh, he wants to get into robotics and design robots. And he said, well, I can do that until 2050. Um, and then, you know, that'll be done. And she said, well, why 2050? And he said, well, that's when the world's going to come to an end, right? Because he's hearing probably this date with where we need to be, you know, net zero. And so, and then I was talking to a teacher at, at Neyland, to Tara Leach, uh, last week as part of the Climate Action Workshop. She said a lot of the the teens at Neyland are talking about not having children because they're so pessimistic about the state of the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think Rebecca's book has a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. to offer us in this particular time. Mm-hmm. With the climate change, it's so important that we talk mm-hmm. and that we get together and we and we have our moments of conversation. And uh, I think that's wonderful. If somebody wanted to get involved uh, in your green team and get some more information and be educated, how could they do that? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's interesting being a religious community. People often say to me, well, I'm not a member at Knox. I don't come on Sundays. And I say, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to be a member. You don't you don't need to identify self-identify yourself as a Christian. we do, you know, a variety of programs, whether it's through the Affirm Committee when we host these Lunch and Learns with Cirque or whether it's through the Green Team. So, you know, folks can um, watch our Facebook page, watch our website. Um, people can be on our email news list. It comes out every Friday, and it it uh, educates people about events both at Knox and within the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we seek to be a good community partner and, mm-hmm. and educate folks about the work of places like Samaritan House and the Safe and Warm Shelter and um, Helping Hands and so forth. So there's often information related to some of those agencies in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a green team email list, you know, so if you're interested in one particular area, like the green team events, uh, you can ask. You can contact the church office and be and ask to be included in that email list. And I would say, at least fifty percent or more of the folks on that list are not quote unquote church people. Mm-hmm. They're folks that are interested in uh, taking climate action. 
That's wonderful that we have that in our community. And thank you for steerheading that and working, working as a uh, progressive leader in our downtown community as well as our subsidiary communities. We appreciate that. Thank you. Um, if you were to send a lasting message through this podcast, what would you like to say to people today? Oh, my goodness. A lasting message. See, that's the advantage of um, being able to write a reflection every uh, Sunday is I don't have to narrow it down to one thing. Um, I think it's that um, you are loved. Um, within our tradition, we say that God is love and um, that we're called to live out that love. Um, one of my favorite public intellectuals, Cornell West, says justice is what love looks like in public mm -hmm. and uh, you're called to to live a life of love and there are lots of ways to do that um, mm -hmm. one of the things I love about Knox um, it's difficult for preachers to be brief but one of the things I love about Knox is that um, we have uh, uh, in the past we've had drum groups indigenous drum groups for children to explore their spirituality we have a a large Hindu fellowship that meets uh, in our space. We now have a Punjabi association. Um, uh, we've had a Dharma Buddhist group that meets there. So um, that message of love extends beyond our tradition and even beyond religious traditions. Um, atheists can certainly be about the work of love and justice. And uh, when we commit ourselves to that, we find a life of meaning and, and purpose. Uh, as we commit ourselves to the common good. Well, Craig, I would like to say thank you very much for taking the time to be on the Brandonites podcast. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Well, that concludes another episode of Brandonites. Thank you to our guest, Reverend Craig Miller, and our interviewer, Michelle. We recorded their conversation in the sound booth at the Brandon Neighborhood Renewal Corporation's Makerspace. Check out our past episodes and subscribe if you'd like to get notified about the next one. If you'd like to suggest a future guest for our podcast, send an email to alex at wmrl.ca. Don't forget to visit us at one of our branches located in downtown Brandon at the Shoppers Mall or in Carberry, Glenborough, Hartney, and Nipawa. Check out our collection of books or our e-resources at wmrl.ca and see what we have going on for programs. Until next time, take care.